Welcome to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. We are ready to appease the old gods one not merman minute at a time. <laughs> I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. Hello, and I'm Molly Balin of LittleRedMark.com. Today and Wednesday are very special episodes of Cabin Minute Cast because these are our husband bulge episodes. We welcome tech warlock and Heidi's matrimonial squeeze, Brian Bennett. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And my very own mindful magic hubby boo, Gregory Maloof. Hey there. (laughs) Maloof? I don't think I've ever heard your last name, Gregory. Oh, really? Yeah, Molly rarely uses it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm familiar with Maloofs because I used to live in Sacramento where the kings reigned supreme. They were run... Run by the Maloofs. Yeah, I'm always asked if I, you know, have stock in the Kings and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said run so, by, but you know what I mean. Owned by. Mm-hmm. And run. So yeah, Molly, let's do this. Where? What yeah. crazy minute are we at with our, our gentleman folk? Well, uh, we invite our gentlemen here today for minute 79 of the movie The Cabin in the Woods. And in this minute, the underground complex of mayhem continues with a werewolf, a homicidal clown, and a unicorn. It's pure magic. (laughs) Yes, this is a rather mystical, magical minute. (laughs) It is. So the first thing I wanted to point out, because it's... uh, my bad, as they say, as last minute, I really thought that this guy squirming on the ground here was the uh, merman making his way. And uh, in fact, it is one of our fallen security guys. <laughs> and he's making a very gooky, mucky sound as he crawls around, along the ground. So I really did think he was the merman. He kind yeah. of moves like the merman. He's being lubricated by his own intestines. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> he just he, he's, he just snail cosplaying right now. <laughs> but I totally see how you can see that as the merman because he does look kind of flipper like. Mm-hmm. Like you really, I don't know. And and I kind of got. I mean, now this has a, a whole other connotation because the little girl's like, "Where are you going?" And I thought it was like, "Oh, she's like escorting him down, like he made a friend." You know, and she didn't make a friend. I think she might have just killed him and he's trying to get away from her. Yeah, she's just pretty much just a pursuit predator right now. It's like, you'll eventually stop and then I'll eat you. (laughs) He's like the the weakest family member of the the elk or something. Or not elk. What am I thinking of? Like something um, out on the back of the pack. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, that's totally, yeah, the, some kind of antelope something or antelope, other. Antelope, so. that's what I was thinking. I got elk, elk <laughs> out of antelope. It happens elk, too. <laughs> <laughs> there's a herd, there's going to be a weak member of it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. There's weak elk, too. I don't know, maybe there's like an elk society. It's like, we get confused for antelope all the time. We are bold, heavy, majestic animals. Right now I have weak elk, weak elk, two electric boogaloo in my head. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys are stepping into an epic minute. This is like the, it just gets crunk and disorderly here. 
Yeah, the bat really makes a strong um, appearance the way it flips and flies through through the corridor, sort of taking in the whole thing. And I kind of wonder what this explode, like how this explosion happens behind them, too. Mm hmm. Totally. Yeah, it's a little unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this is like because we kind of talk about gas, you know, that the, there's some sort of either a gas defense that they have in the perimeter. So I don't know if this is somebody's chewed through the wires, like the goblins have chewed through and they're like, ha ha. Or somebody was like trying to blow something up to try and take care of business or, you know, there's the speculation is endless, but yeah, obviously something has gone down badly right behind them here. You're thinking maybe it was one of the monsters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, it could be, yeah, any, you know, they, they are heavily armed there. I mean, it could be a, you know, grenade situation. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So what I was noticing or Brian and I were kind of talking about was when um, Dana and Marty here observing all of this chaos and they, uh, after that explosion, they turn around and see what kind of looks like um, engineers, engineer, <laughs> engineers, <laughs> Or, your, your typical engineering staff <laughs> before their coffee. Zombie engineers. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe uh, John Waters, uh, you know, breakfast club. Not John Waters. God, I'm all over the place today. John Hughes. 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 A John Hughes John slash Candy John remake. Candy slash John no, yeah. Waters. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, a zombie breakfast club here. Yeah, yeah you, have, you have John Cusack on the left there. Yeah. In his overcoat. <laughs> Oh, totally. No, that's this is totally a zombie breakfast club situation. There's some like Ali Sheedy action happening exactly. in the back. Someone's and, got a boom box somewhere. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Yeah, the way they're leaning here and the way you have it paused, Molly, it looks like they're about to do thriller. Totally. <laughs> I mean they're all they're all ready to go here. Yeah, they the girl on the left are real I mean the girl on the right is really committing to it. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's like punch over. She went to zombie school. She definitely got an A for effort. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, that those improv classes, man, are they're just paying off in this moment. Like she just, <laughs> she's got you it. Like reclip this, or like you know, just add the monkeys theme behind them strolling down the hall. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Yeah, I love Marty's kind of like, oh, God, like, ah, oh. he's like, oh, shit, here's another thing. What are we going to do? Like, there's a he's got a good little reaction to these guys ambling down the hallway. Exactly. Like, well, we can't go towards the explosion and now we can't go towards the zombies. Oh, wait, there's a giant hole. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Woo. <laughs> yeah, I really like the um, the look on their faces because it really was a combination of like exhaustion because, mm -hmm. you know, they've been through so much. And like the look on her face is just like really more Mm -hmm. more blood mm -hmm. yeah totally yeah. totally yeah this is this is a, an exasperation and they're just really lucky because like they don't know that this hole is going to go all the way through because the dragon bat broke through it but they don't know that's gonna like we don't know that he punched all the way through it so this is you know from their perspective they don't know if this is like a place to hide or this is a place that's actually going to take them somewhere but it's where they got to go yeah, you exactly know? it's better than their other options yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and they get some Wolfman feet here. Yeah, Wolfman feet. <laughs> that Wolfman is running. Then, like in the very first one, you start seeing the feet, like behind him. You see like the feet of someone in like a you know orange container, not an orange suit, but it was like a containment suit or something. You know, attacking oh, people yeah, yeah, in the yeah. hall there. Oh yeah. Mm. 
I was surprised to see the hoofs because I usually associate the werewolf with like human transformation feet, mm. not werewolf feet. So when I first saw it, I wasn't sure what it was. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Because normally they're, yeah, very hoofy for a uh, sort of like Satan hooves rather than werewolf feet. Sometimes. Yeah. No, you're right. Because, like, you know, you think of like the wolf man and wolf man is just like regular human. feet, but yeah, human like feeds. super, super hairy feet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy can run, though, without shoes. Like, he's trucking. Yeah, he totally is. Probably if he hits some blood, though, there's going to be some traction issues. So this well, might be... pretty a... moist in the halls there. So, I mean, you know, he's yeah. trucking pretty fast considering how uh, slippery it is. I know mm-hmm. our dog can barely walk across the hardwood floor without sliding around. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was all of a sudden imagining a werewolf in that... Um... <laughs> like sliding in a sock oh my (laughs) god so this is especially funny because i and and if if you guys can like i'm sure you've posted up pictures of pokey before but pokey is a tibetan spaniel and is like the smallest cutest little dog so it's really funny to talk about pokey as a case study for (laughs) werewolves in this context (laughs) she's stocky so (laughs) The perfect side dog for me is like if it gets underfoot, I'm not gonna accidentally break her. <laughs> Small enough for function, hardy enough that yeah. she can. She if, can I, be bopped if I turn around too quickly and give her a little bop, I'm not gonna have to take her to the vet. So yeah, totally. That's good. That's comforting. <laughs> but then when the Wolfman, we were talking about this, as we know because of the extra features that the, you know, the the Wolfman head is above the actors i mean the uh green screen guy's head so mm-hmm. you notice like when he first attacks the guy he kind of like bumps the chin on the shoulder a bit and then kind of slides into the neck it's uh not quite got the targeting down just right yeah he kind of mm-hmm. bobbles it a bit yeah <laughs> it's, it's like, like oh, i gotta <laughs> let me get it on the shoulder okay now i can slide it over to the neck <laughs> Maybe he just hasn't been running for a while, and so his just coordination's a little bit off, you know? Well, he's hitting a moving target. I give him credit for at least... Yeah. You know, that's a pretty strong, like, runner stride that he's he's got to hit that target in motion. That's true, yeah. <laughs> we can't all be graceful. <laughs> it's almost like a really weird version of something on Double Dare. It's like, yeah, this thing on your head that you need to place on the guy's shoulder. <laughs> yeah. No, that's pretty fair, considering all the goo we're seeing here, yeah, exactly. too. <laughs> creepy do- double dare yeah <laughs> so yeah and then we uh, move into uh, it land here totally with the creepy clown totally, yeah. guys do, what's your what's your take on the scary clowns are you guys freaked out by clowns no not too much i have many friends that are one of my friends was very much uh one of the first people i knew that was really afraid of clowns i was kind of like you know why and then he was saying it was mainly because they wore masks or you know a hidden, a hidden identity of the of the troopers, mm. so that's what really mm-hmm. you just never knew who they were. So I was like, "Oh, that's fair." It's yeah, kinda, it's yeah. kind of like when when I found out someone's talking about they had a fear of balloons, and I was like, "How can mm. that be a thing?" It's like I don't mean to be disrespectful for, but how's that thing? And they explained it like, "Well, I see a balloon as an imminent explosion." Mm. And I was like, mm. "Oh, yeah, that's makes all the sense in the world." Totally, yeah, super fair. Yeah, I had friends who were uh, really afraid of clowns. I've never been, I don't think they're that spooky. Normally, I mean, this one, of course, has the knife that that kind of spookifies him. But my grandfather used to paint 
pictures of clowns. So we had clown pictures, <laughs> what? really creepy clown pictures all over our house when I was a kid. And I had a big one in my room. I mean, he wasn't a great painter. And, and that could have been. <laughs> it was John Wayne Gacy, was it? <laughs> um, but he loved to paint clowns so they were all over the house yeah like i have some prints i picked up of old circus posters and yeah old clown prints are pretty creepy <laughs> but yeah it's, it's i never really saw it and never like that either so it's like i was kind of like ah, nope i'm out you know so i never really developed a a fear but this guy's movements are very creepy and when we were watching the extras found out that you know the clown was their movement coach on set it made oh, all made wow. all, the, all the sense in the world it's like oh yeah all the subtle little movements he makes those kind of slightly disjointed just that really creep you out it's like yeah that's perfect that that explains everything mm. and his giggle his giggle when he doesn't he do a little like high-pitched kind of squeaky sound yeah. here mm-hmm. yeah that mm-hmm. was that i found creepy yeah he i mean to me i just look at him and think he's delighted and everything that's going mm-hmm. on, the fact that the person that's mm-hmm. shooting at him thinks that that she's gonna have any effect, <laughs> that she's gonna have any effect, yeah, and that mm-hmm. he just pulled what this guy's liver out. Oh no, oh, he just he pulled, he pulled a knife. knife out. Yeah, it took me a while for the longest time watching this. I always thought that he pulled out like a innard of the person, but I realized mm-hmm. it was just because of his uh, sleeves are red and fluffy. Mm. oh yeah i thought he pulled out like a heart or something so maybe not but it's Mm -hmm. actually just the Mm -hmm. knife but yeah he just looks thrilled he looks i mean he his his 15 seconds of fame are really well played (laughs) oh yeah absolutely i mean when she puts the first round into him he's like yeah like that tickles (laughs) (laughs) and that's freaky (laughs) Yeah, and then we get uh, pretty much like Paul Shear in a lab coat being <laughs> attacked by a, a <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> murder corn, let's just the murder corn. Murder corn. Oh my gosh! <laughs> this is like definitely my favorite scene. Pretty much in the whole movie was the unicorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Why is it your favorite? Well, when I first saw, I never so well. I normally don't associate like unicorns, you know, with murder corns. Mm-hmm. That's not really my association. And the music, the chimes in the background as he's running, as mm-hmm. the music changes to be some kind of oh, yeah. magical mystery tour thing that's mm-hmm. going on, is is perfect. Mm. I thought that was hilarious, and it's just like I didn't find the other monster. I mean, the Buckners are pretty creepy, but. A unicorn in a rampage. He, he does a good, steady uh, visceration there <laughs> with that. You know, and you add the music, it's just terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I just wonder, like, what was the scenario? Because, like, the implication is that this would have been released to kill the kids. And so I just wonder, you know, I think about, like, Jules, like, oh, it's a beautiful, magical unicorn. We're going to ride the unicorn and just, like, kills everybody. You know, do they just, like, release it? You know, they're like, go be free, unicorn, be free in the woods. And wondering what the unicorn's motivation is and, and what kind of, you know, killing context the unicorn would be you know yeah there's something uh, shoot i don't have it in my notes i remember reading something about pretty much like the old original grimm's fairy tales were really horrible mm-hmm. you know where mm-hmm. yeah it's like everyone died or you know cinderella like like oh to fit in the slipper here what was it the stepsisters, stepsisters. like they, they, they actually cut their toes off 
to try to fit in the slippers and oh, stuff wow. like that. So we, I used to have a book of like the original translations of the Grimm's fairy tales and they were all hella dark morality tales. And so I think there's something about the unicorn like could be really dark and I'm trying to mm. something about like if you lied about being a virgin or something like that, it, it could kill you or mm. uh, there's something about that. Like the original unicorn stories from way back, like most things, but uh, mm. were very dark yeah, like mythological stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's actually, that would be an amazing context considering the tropes that we have here if it was the the virgin meter, you yeah. know? <laughs> the virgin enforcer? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was something about, like, that they did kill some people. And I wish I had my, I lost my notes. Yeah, sorry. No, 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 no. I think it's a it's a great idea. The chastity horse. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Murder right. porn, the chastity horse. <laughs> and then when you really slow it down, you, you know, you, when they stab the horn into him, you really see this was like a horse head on a on a ram or something, you know. And just picturing grips mm-hmm, on the other totally. side, you just pushing in. Push, push, push. Like, yeah. How many times we gotta do this before break? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would have been uh, the thing I liked about, about the unicorn also was that the, I would have probably let it get pretty close, mm. you know, like I wouldn't have expected it to like, you know, it could have nuzzled up to me before it just plunged the horn <laughs> into my stomach. Like the Buckners you see from 20 feet out mm-hmm. that you don't want to be near them. But mm-hmm. I would have turned the corner and have been like, oh, unicorn. Mm-hmm. And then it'd be too late. I'd be like, it'd be in me before <laughs> I could do anything, you know, it, it would just kind of be like, you know, if you saw a Care Bear, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, oh, it's a Care Bear. Then the Gare Bear, like, pulls a Glock yeah. and starts shooting. You mm-hmm. just don't expect it to go, no. like, demon no. on you. It's no. just not you something Before your brain can process, like, what's going on. Yeah, exactly. It's just, <laughs> like, that doesn't, my, my brain wiring can't comprehend. <laughs> he really gives him several really good hard <laughs> thrusts there. <laughs> Full penetration. Full penetration. Yeah. Yeah, he's not messing around. No, no, into the wall. Bloopy again. Lots of blood flying. Yeah, I think they did a pretty good job here, seamlessly from the nap, the real horse to the horse head that they use. Though I think, unless you are slowing it Mm -hmm. down and looking a bunch, it looks pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get our patients. Elevator ding, and and patients finally makes her way down downstairs. Yeah. Yes. Such a diva. (laughs) Yeah, I really like the details of the elevator bay, too, because now Mm -hmm. we're used to seeing all those elevator lights go on at once because we're filling the, the white set with all these creatures. But this one is just one little ding and one little light right down at the end and just the mm. lights coming out over over the bodies that are pretty much almost non-bodies now. And, and the, the blood is like mm-hmm. pooling in places and splattered in other places. And you can tell things have happened. You know, there's like a Rorschach tests on the doors almost. Like someone <laughs> dropped a, a gallon milk jug full of uh, fruit punch Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, you really get the height of the spray here too, because it's even up in that space where Marty and Dana were hiding before. It's even, you know, several feet above that. So just the, the spray is just epic in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would not want to be the CSI cleanup crew person that goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can smell that room here. 
And this music is really, this music's really sad when she comes out. I mean, her family is is tragic in a lot of ways, but we get this very somber violin that plays. You know, it's that same music that was uh, behind the diary reading earlier. So, you know, we're getting another, you know, auditory cue, but it's, I mean, she's a zombie, so she doesn't have a ton of facial affect anyway, so... Jose, and she missed out on all the fun. Yeah, she uh, she was not a not a part of the the main mass slaying, but it's it's especially sad to to see her sort of solo, you know, ambling through this. Yeah, I like the look on her face. Is like I was thinking back to um, some of the questions you guys had asked on previous podcasts about to what degree are the monsters complicit? Mm. You know, and when she walks in, there's this look of confusion mm-hmm. and almost naivete. Mm-hmm. She's like. Well, and you, like you said, there's not a lot of affect, but there's enough where she seems confused, mm-hmm. like a little girl might seem confused, mm. you know, which makes me think like, you know, to what degree are all these monsters even able to understand what's going on? They're just doing what they do. Right. And th- at this moment, she seems a little alienated and kind of like almost perplexed Yeah, to the degree a zombie can be perplexed. Right. Right. That's true. Yeah. Her whole life has pretty much been that cabin or a box. Mm hmm. Yeah. Gregory mentioned earlier that there's a music that's kind of whimsical that happens when the unicorn is there. I think this minute has the most music changes, like mood changes throughout it, you know, from mm-hmm. all the different characters mm-hmm. that we meet and different moments there. Yeah. So they really, it, it's ramped up in certain ways. And then, like you said, Molly here, it's just a, yeah, kind of a melancholy end of the minute mm-hmm. yeah oh there was one thing i that struck me uh, previously so when the one of the soldiers was shooting the clown i think it's interesting why are they armed with such low artillery mm. is it that they just weren't expecting this ever to happen because it doesn't seem like anything they're doing is being <laughs> being helpful <laughs> if you take a look at this room they are definitely not in they are the underdogs in this little uh, skirmish here. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's interesting that they have like pistols, basically, like no high tech equipment. It's just well, we, we, firearms. Well, we saw the, like, the, the tactical you know, response crew had had submachine guns and full you know, body armor and gear. Like, you know, they were kind of like your, mm-hmm. I forget names, like CERT team. Basically, right. your, your first emergency your respond. Your first respond. Yeah. First yeah so she was pretty much just like a security guard. Which yeah, that just had a standard sidearm. Mm, gotcha. Normally, okay, that makes sense. That shot would have taken down a regular person. So right. So what I a, guess that is a question, though, is that what? Right. What she's a standard regular security person. Who would she typically be using that gun? F- probably just people from out. Not not the monsters. Mm-hmm. You know, she's protecting against probably people mm-hmm. that are outside the company. What is the company mm-hmm. corporation? Whatever they mm-hmm. call their yeah thing. the. Yeah, people from outside the company that that maybe try to get in, infiltrate it to expose or whatever. You know, that's that's probably her main thing is. Yeah, but internal. that is that is a good point because even she has, you know, her gun is nothing that will stop anything. Right. And then, but even the guys that are heavily mm-hmm. armed, they are taken out in seconds. I mean, they're exactly. She does know that too. You know, she's overwhelmed by it too. <laughs> Always got me though, thinking that you you just you saw this clown stab a guy, probably probably saw this clown stab multiple mm-hmm. people up to that point. It's coming at you. You put two shots into it. It doesn't seem to phase it at all. I think the third shot would be in me. 
Oh, and yourself? Yeah, basically like, well, my choice mm. is I can mm. either um, kill myself or get stabbed to death by this clown. <laughs> right. Right. I, I think that's pretty right. clear of a choice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think um, the other point that's interesting to make here is that in terms of being prepared for such a thing, that guns are a response for normal human context, and this is not a normal human context, and especially with it, guns won't kill the it clown, that conquering the fear kills the it clown. So I, I just think back to there's this little bit of a scene in Constantine where Constantine and like forget uh, Rachel Weiss's character now but uh she's a cop and they're hearing these demons come through and she brandishes a gun and he says that's really not going to help here so it's it's the wrong weapon for the context and so i feel like that's the other part of this that you're pointing out here is that you know yeah there's an artillery issue but even a context of you know an ak-47 or an ar-15 is really not going to help you out here at all mm -hmm. yeah i guess if you're hunting regular clowns it'd be fine yeah just normal, like, normal, yeah, normal clowns. clowns i mean maybe that yeah. woman was used to shooting like regular clowns yeah, so she was thinking this would work like your standard clown and she misunderstood <laughs> totally you know it also like reminds me of a couple conversations that heidi you and molly had over the course of the podcast um where hadley and Citizen have a certain right. overconfidence. There's a certain, like, they're in control. They've got this. Anytime anyone approaches them and says, hey, things aren't going well, they're like, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. So uh, listening to the podcast, I haven't seen the movie since I started listening to your podcast, but I wonder if this was sort of, like, inevitable. Like, they mm -hmm. either got cocky about it and were like, oh, we got this. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, when you look at this room, you see the what's behind closed doors is this incredible arsenal of monsters that will just end you. Mm. And they're not really prepared for DEFCON 4 here that goes down. Like they, right. they're just, or like you were saying, Molly, maybe they couldn't, even if they could be prepared, there's no kind of arsenal that would allow them yeah. to. And they were probably very unaware that there was a, like, release all the monsters into the office button. <laughs> which I'm, I'm pretty sure people would have voted out if there was a common knowledge that there was such a thing. There, there should be basically an incinerate all the monsters button, but not a hey, let's let him roam the halls. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It, it's I casual mean, Friday. What the hell? <laughs> it does kind of remind me. I know I've mentioned a few times my love of uh, the movie Return of the Living Dead, where they have a protocol at the end, mm -hmm. and in, that protocol really is spoiler alert to annihilate the whole area. So there's a problem. The military are called in and they're, whatever the, the response is, that response, even though the people that are calling in and saying, hey, we need help. We've got, we're being attacked by zombies. And they say, great. And okay, so we've got your, your location is locked and loaded. And oh, okay. So you just, you know, we're going to kill everybody. We're going to kill the whole area. And um, so, yeah, I kind of, what you guys are talking about makes me feel that whoever's at the higher level, be it Citizen and Hadley or anybody else, they, they're they not really taking, it doesn't seem like they're taking in any concern for anybody else. Like that maybe they feel like they're going to be able to escape through the secure hidey hole and that everybody else, it's just, <laughs> we, we know, okay, we've armed them with guns, but those guns are to make them feel like they they're control. in control. Oh. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Good job, everybody. We all did our homework. <laughs> <laughs> I confused John Hughes with John Waters, but that's, you know, normal for me. <laughs> yeah. Is there any, uh, are there any, uh, I didn't think of this. Do you guys have any plugs, anything you want us to point you to for your, uh, any of your projects or anything? Um, Gregory, do you have anything going on you want to tell people about? Well, I'm a mindfulness meditation teacher, as Molly mentioned, and I'm associated with Portland Insight Meditation Community. And uh, we're one of the bigger non-denominational, I guess you could say, Insight Meditation Communities up here. And um, we've, yeah, I teach over there regularly. So that's portlandinsight.org. Awesome. Um, I'd love to come up and take part in that. Is that something that, that, because I know like my um, uncle and aunt, they go to and especially my uncle Dan, he likes to go go to do insight meditation. I, I don't know if he's gone to Portland. He's here in California foothills. So, you know, I think there's mm. stuff a little bit closer to home, but that's something that people, whoever they are, could come and participate in. Yeah, yeah. It's open to the public classes, meditation. Yeah, it's similar to, um, we don't have residential retreats, but there we have day-long retreats and then classes and then weekly, weekly sits and instruction. It's kind of similar to Spirit Rock Meditation yeah. Center, which would be down in your neck of the woods, except that one is like, you know, residential. Ours is just, you know, people come by for the day. Gotcha. Yeah. Spirit Rock, I've gone to a couple of things there, which they, yeah, they have a kind of a combo. A little bit of this, a little bit of that come in for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're similar. We come from that. That's kind of our sister. Those are our sister schools there. So yeah, we come out of that same tradition, Jack Cornfield and folks. Awesome. Jack Cornfield and friends. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a bluegrass band. <laughs> Jack and his cornfielders. Yeah. Jack and the cornfielders. <laughs> oh, man. Ryan, is there anything that you're up to that you'd like to share? I am tenacious scrounger of uh, estate sales and thrift stores and have fairly good luck finding stuff. And so I... I get stuff and I resell it at antique fairs here um, in Alameda occasionally and then order to sell online. My domain is uh, History Hoarder, H-O-A-R-D-E-R, and that's the same tag on Instagram. Basically, just uh, where I sell stuff. That's also the idea on eBay, but I haven't uh, listed anything in quite a while. But I tend to find a lot of great stuff. I had a dream gig for a while of working with St. Vincent de Paul, volunteering, picking out items for... They used to have a pilot project store in Alameda called uh, Redo, Redux, um, which was kind of more of a, uh, it was a catered, not curated, curated, like a curated thrift store. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was basically just more high, it was high end items, but at thrift store prices. And it was just, we would get kind of first pass at a lot of stuff and go out on a Saturday, like four to eight hours and just dig through stuff and, you know, bring out a handful of things. But yeah, so it was, it was fun doing that for a while. It was kind of uh, so you've kind of parlayed that what you got out of that into starting to sell your yeah like, I was already stuff yeah, yeah I was already big on a lot of estate sales stuff and finding great stuff and and reselling that and that allowed me to do that for free mm-hmm. <laughs> get the the thrill <laughs> of the hunt down and and help out a a good cause too then uh, that got shut down so I'm back to freelancing for myself <laughs> yeah <laughs> freelancing yeah I need to start getting stuff posted again. 
Well, nothing like knowing uh, that our fans and friends will be listening to motivate yourself to <laughs> throw a few things up there on eBay. <laughs> I look forward to one or two mm-hmm. more people looking at this. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll share the links to History Hoarder and the Insight Meditation there so that people can see what you guys are up to. Yeah. So, yeah, and um, you know where to find us. We're at cabinminutecast.com. And then, uh, you know, during our last few episodes of the podcast, we'll be pointing everybody more towards what Molly and I will be doing once this podcast has wrapped up. Yeah. So thank you guys for showing up again on this fine Monday. And we will see you back at the cabin. 